an all-new Buffy. A rival from the past has come with a vengeance. I'm gonna run get Buffy. I'm here. Only this time, you. It's Xander who must take a stand. One of your women shall die. That's insane troll logic. Choose. An all-new Buffy. <laughs> Welcome to Unidentified Telepath Demons, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly podcast-ish about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is Season 5, Episode 11, Triangle. We'll be talking about plot. We'll be talking about characters. And we will be talking about trolls. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, the comics and even other shows and movies... You guys would tell me if there was a little rift in our group, right? Because if we don't catch a little thing, then boom, we'll have this huge, huge thing. We can't break up. We have a beautiful podcast, a miraculous podcast. That was a long intro. That's going to be hard to fit inside of your 30 seconds of the song. I'll try my best. I have faith that you can do it. Welcome back. Oh, man, every time it feels like a year has passed between episodes because I just don't remember what happened the last week and I barely remember what happened this week. But I'm pretty sure we watched season five, episode 11, Triangle, which originally aired on January 9th of the year 2001. That's right. We're in the Buffy New Year. It has happened. 2001. What a year. No one knows what's in store for them, much like we didn't know what was in store for us last year. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're talking about who wrote this episode. That was Jane Espenson. This is the number 10. The number 10 of the 23 that she has written. That's how words go. The last one was a replacement. The next one will be Checkpoint. Hey, that's the next episode with Doug Petrie. And this was directed by Christopher Hilber III. Uh, this is the only one that he's ever done. Nothing before this and nothing after it. But he was a pretty prolific TV director. Uh, he actually passed away in 2010. But his credits are, are lengthy. Um, they're just some highlights for me. And highlights meaning ones that I recognized because I'm only 32 and he did. He was an older gentleman. Uh, he did Diagnosis Murders episodes, 90210, wow. Police Academy, the series. Who knew that was a thing? Quantum Leap and uh, Remington Steel, again, to name just a few of many. I don't really remember what happened in this episode. Oh, wait. Willow and Anya are having a tiff because who loves Andrew more? That's the question. Wow. It's a toughie. Uh, in their, their their fight, they managed to unleash a troll who turns out to be Anya's ex-boyfriend <laughs> and her origin story, which is pretty cool about being a, a vengeance demon. I love that little bit of, of lore thrown in there. Um, we send Olaf the troll back to where he came, and that's about it. Uh, meanwhile, in the B story, Buffy's still sad about Riley leaving. Spike is a weirdo because he's still into Buffy so much. Uh, Joyce knows that dawn is the key i mean we kind of already had that glimpse of when we we're either in uh, listening to fear yeah and listening to fear we kind of confirm excuse me we we know joyce knows that that dawn is not hers but um thanks to giles who btw in this episode went to all the way to england very exotic unless you're from there uh to beg for help from the council regarding glory and uh they, they, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see if they agree to help. But anyway, I think that's about it. Not a whole lot of, of substance. Mercifully, we kind of just yada yada through Buffy's pain. This is the post breakup episode. Instead of dwelling, 
and her sad spaghetti-o overalls. We just... Spaghetti-o. Yeah, Buffy's sad spaghetti-os. Wasn't that a whole thing while she was in Folkland? She, like, made a sad... Depression Oh, depression overalls. overalls. Spaghetti-o. Just a portmanteau. Buffy's spaghetti overalls. <laughs> Please stop. Please stop. That was loud. That's like another person. Did you give a mic to Winnie? Or... <laughs> Can you hear her? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like just seeing her little tiny face. Okay, where do you want to go? Like surfacing from the depths. Where do you want to go? <laughs> she wants to be in one of her labs. Can you even come? You she can't fit. not fit. You can't fit. Come on here. Look, look, look. Come here. Come down down here. Look this way. This is look like this last way. time. She's just struggling. Okay, now this way. See? Up, 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 up. Jump. You gotta jump. Jump. She's anxious. Oh, gosh. Okay. <sighs> That's not... Say hello to Daniel. Hey, dog. Okay. See? You did it. Wearing a sweater, though. looks good. I know. She has many sweaters. Oh, sorry. I keep forgetting we're attached. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, holy moly. Oh, my God. Gosh. (laughs) Fun facts. First. Hey, there's a first first in 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 a long time, actually. A first first. No, just a regular first in in a long time, though. Uh, this is a f- the first time that Willow officially identifies herself as being gay. I know what broke up him and Cordelia, you know. It was you. And your lips. No, it was not. Well, yes, it was so, but uh, that was a long time ago. Do you think I'd do that again? Why not? Well, hello, gay now. I've joined the party. <laughs> More dogs have joined the chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! No! <laughs> Oh, June. I can hear her tail. That's Wait. her tail hitting the table. the table. I feel like we need to make the podcast room a dog's free room. Yeah, maybe. Look at her sweet little face. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's see how long that lasts. Now we're in the bunker. <gasps> no, not the bunker. Ow! Oh. Oh, podcast professionals. Professionals. This is amazing. I'm just going to be going to clip it. Don't clip it. Great. I don't want to get into a whole thing about people's sexualities or bisexuality or whatever. But I think that for representation, it's important that she said, I'm gay. That's cool. And that's what she says. And we'll have to take her word for it. And I don't think we need to talk anymore about it. I just think it's cool that she said it. And this is the first time that she did it. Uh, Blucas. Gone from the credits. Goodbye, Blue Oh, Lucas. I didn't watch Goodbye. the credits. So thanks for letting me know. Because, yeah. Well, yeah, he's gone. Uh, Olaf, our troll friend, is played by actor Abraham Rubin Hercules Ben Ruby. What a name. And you might recognize him, Stacia, because he's in your favorite movie of all time, Twister. He's one of the uh, CB guys for the, the bad guys. It's like the driver. Yeah, he's not really an important role. But the reason I bring that up is because, did you know, and I did not know, that Joss Whedon was actually a script doctor on that movie. Which means that he, like, (laughs) (laughs) instantly deflated. (laughs) So, yeah, he just did some, like, editing. or He was supposed to be a bigger role, but I guess he was getting married. Wow, what a... 
a trope for the Buffy writers at this point that they can't show up to work because they're getting married uh, and had like bronchitis or something. So he um, wasn't in it as much as he was supposed to be like involved, not in it. But yeah. I do like that you correctly picked my favorite movie because I thought you were going to mention some other movie and then I was going to be like incorrect. My favorite movie is Twister. Uh, I think I know what your favorite movie is. Kelly, you didn't. You uh, never introduced uh, Stacia or I. We are on the podcast with you. You, yeah, shit. it's almost like we should have a list that you could reference. It's just right here. I've got it right here. Not having the context of whose favorite movie it is when we're talking is just like really difficult. But Stacia, she's one of the co hosts that's already been chiming in. Uh, say hello. <laughs> hello. Daniel's the other one. He's the other, the second one. Daniel, say hello. I only bring it all up because I I write something down. I'm ready to go. Right, right. And I, yes. and I had to say, "Where's Beat Me Pod? Oh, the Central Republic of Where and Now." Damn. But see, it's already passed. It's already passed. Move on. I feel very much like insert GIF of Willow accidentally disappearing the cash register emoji here, and I'm 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 sorry. GIF of emoji. Man, rough, 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 rough times. I have finesse. I have finesse coming out of my bottom. Okay, so the shrimp, shrimp joke, right? <laughs> shrimp universe's joke. Uh, first mentioned in Superstar, you could have a world with shrimp, uh, uh, with nothing but shrimp, or a world without shrimp. Bring that up again in this episode. Uh, we'll bring it up again either in one or two more. But what I did not know is that the joke has actually moved on to Angel also. There's an episode of Angel called Underneath where Illyria says that she once visited a world populated with nothing but shrimp. Mm-hmm. Nice. See, that would, that's for the Angel fans out there, of which I do not count myself. A couple of shots of the Magic Box. There's a magazine rack, and there's some some interesting magazines on that magazine rack, including UFO Magazine, Green Egg, Nexus, Shaman's Drum Journal, and Massage Bodywork Magic Magazine, which are all real magazines. Hmm. Uh, you forgot the Mountain Astrologer as oh, well. Damn. Damn, I did. But yeah, the um, the UFO magazine is is defunct. It, it stopped making issues as of 2012, uh, and so is the Shaman's Drum Journal that ended in 2010, I believe. But yeah, uh, Green Egg was a neo pagan, or is a neo pagan magazine, uh, quarterly one. And then Nexus was something else. I don't know. I didn't look into all of them, but they're all real. I thought that they were all fake. Yeah. I mean, except for you also forgot. I think Sedona magazine, mm. which I feel I felt like they just like pr- you know took out of. Sedona, California. Like, hey, I got this too. I thought the green egg was there because they said cat in the hat. So I thought it was fake right, yeah, yeah. because I thought we're playing off of that and the green eggs and ham. That's, But I'm surprised that they're all real. That's very fun. But uh, that means, I, I wonder what that means. Is that, like people actually did their like occulty research and maybe saw these in another mag- magic store, if that's a thing, or, or just were, does Google exist? Did they somehow search out Vaguely occulty sounding, hippie witchy magazines. I don't know. Just good on that. Probably. I'm shocked they or went Jane to the Or Jane Espenson did did her research as she always does, and she was like, "We're going to get a shot of these magazines. We need to find the right magazines because they before some of those shots, they've just been like the same magazines, you know, across an entire row, just right. sitting in the back. Um, so at least this time they were like real magazines." Even if their placement didn't make a lot of sense because they're just all over the place. The same ones in four different spots. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Shocking. But at least they're trying. I know that you just recently came into this episode, both of you. But I would like to know, Stacia, 
Did you like this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Um, yeah, it's a good episode. It's fun for hijinks. Hmm, indeed. Daniel, did you enjoy this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I did enjoy this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wow. I like it when they lean into Anya because she's fun. And what a great gift that they, you know, happened to get. I'm sure they did not play on Anya when they started this show. And she is really a great character. And having Willow say everything that I'm sure all the audience was thinking back in the day was pretty fun. You know, it's like you're a human. The, you know, the. The joke runs thin, you know, for someone like Willow, and I'm sure for people, too. It's kind of like, what's going on with Anya? So it's really fun to have Willow sort of come out and say it all. You're so rude. I mean, sure, at first, ex-demon doesn't know the rules. Well, you've been here forever. Learn the rules. That's pretty pretty great. Um, even though it's a pretty um, typical Buffy-like filler episode. Like, if they never confronted each other, that's fine but they did and that's fine. Like I get that there would, there is some tension. They've definitely had a couple of comments out there, but it's never been anything building towards anything. Like at least in this filler episode, they chose a character route instead of like a dumb monster route. So they've learned their lessons. I hope from like season one and two, and now they're like, well, let's explore our characters more. And at least that's good. Even if none of this matters at all. So, yeah, they totally could have went the rest of this the season or series and just have the little jabs in the background, you know, Willow kind of just sniping at at Anya. And I think that even Spike being like, yeah, no one got Drew, throwing that in there, just like, yeah, sometimes, you know, your friends don't get along with your girlfriend. It is what it is. But about Buffy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I, th- I think that you, it's an excellent point to bring up, like, it's a very season one formula, but instead of the monster is the focus because we don't really know who we are a hundred percent yet. And we can't draw on all those little references because they don't exist yet. Uh, this was re- really benefited from being able to be about our friends because that's yep. always, that's what we want to see. And I think that, yeah, giving not just Anya the character, but Emma Caulfield more, more screen time and, and delving into it. I mean, he, that's huge backstory. Just like we got her origin story. How did Anya become a veteran demon? Oh, this, yeah. this guy, that's, that's great. Um, and, and really, any comparisons or, like, pigeonholes that people might wanted, might have wanted to put Anya in, being some kind of Cordelia facsimile, um, I think that's kind of been, you know, squashed. She's definitely a, a whole person. She's different. Uh, she's not filling any kind of void. She's just a, a great new friend. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, she does serve the same function within the friend group, though. Snarky says whatever they mean or says whatever they think. Yeah. Yes, but one has blonde hair. <laughs> All units, we have a fugitive on foot at the high school. Homicide suspect, female, blonde, approximately 16 years old. Suspect is very dangerous. And Jane mentioned Cordelia in this episode as well, which again, Jane, the exactly. only yeah. historian of the show, the only one who will constantly actually reference the shared history of these friends. Uh, no one else seems to care. So just Jane. I think that's why you really benefit from having people and you can only get this with shows that last kind of go the distance, but you really benefit from people being fans of the show end up working on the show because they're going to be mm-hmm. want. I think you're more want to do that. If you're a fan of the show, obviously to call back to stuff. Agreed. Uh, the only, because this is kind of a fillery episode, very, very monster of the week episode. So speaking of Anya's origin story, what did she do to become a vengeance demon Stacia? Oh, I have no idea. 
Oh, you didn't, I forgot you didn't watch the episode. Well, what she does is she turns <laughs> this big dumb guy she was dating into a troll as punishment for being a philanderer. It was a, the way that he says wench, by the way. I love it. It was only one wench. It's just so great. <laughs> uh, and, and I was drunk. <laughs> I had many. I had much mead or whatever. God, he's such a troll. That uh, was great. <laughs> uh, so I, I would like to know about trolls. Disambiguation. What? What is a? What does that word mean? I just know it in the context of Wikipedia. <laughs> where yeah. it's like, there are many meanings for this thing. Yeah, why don't one of you select a meaning of troll and I'll tell you what a, tell you some facts about it. Why don't you pick a meaning of troll on your own and I'll, I will learn with our audience. What, I uh, want to know what meaning you pick. <laughs> uh, I, I pick uh, the obvious one. The novelty toy from the 80s. Uh, that's oh, all I was going to say. Are we going to get sued from Hasbro? Like, what's... <laughs> Maybe. Um, excuse me. It's not Hasbro. I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell you about it. And yeah, you'll okay. get sued out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Tempting fate! So, set the scene. It's 1950s Denmark. Mm. In a small town called Joel. 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 How many how many O's with crosses through it? Just one. Just one. Okay, great. So we have a mysterious fisherman and or baker. Nice. Who can say? I can't find a definitive answer on what this guy was. He was possibly an outer work fisherman or possibly a baker who got laid off because they ran out of flour. I don't know. The way people talk about this guy is like he's a mythological fisherman figure from like the 1700s but this is 1950s denmark like this was not that long ago we had the written word yeah um there were photographs video exists thomas dam whether he made his money or not because apparently the story goes he was actually very poor so whether he didn't make his money fishing or baking (laughs) what he did do we know was carve wood (laughs) wonderful and um either the story is here diverge either he decided for his daughter's birthday because he was so poor he was going to sculpt her a beautiful doll out of his imagination which is now what we know as the troll doll and then all her friends were jealous and they were like we want that thing and he sculpted a bunch of them and then it turned into a worldwide sensation (laughs) the other slightly more realistic idea is that he was sculpting things. He went door to door, supposedly, and sold them. And after a while, he made a name for himself, and people started commissioning him. Supposedly, in 1959, some big store asked him to make a Santa display, and he realized that you couldn't see the Santa display from a certain like angle on the street. So he made elves to go along with the Santa. Um, and everyone was like, oh, my God, those elves. I love those elves. <laughs> Where can I buy those elves? And he was like, well carved him out of wood that's actually like really time consuming but i will cast you one out of rubber and i'm gonna give it a glass eyes and sheepskin hair and i'm gonna call it my good luck troll because i want you to have happy things and he turned this like weird little wood hobby carving business into something called damn things because his name is thomas damn damn things nice and he began to sell his good luck trolls all around the world. Eventually, not, it was like a couple years later, he started making them instead of out of rubber, PVC plastic, which is still what they're made out of today. Um, 
But basically, they ranged in price from about $0.65 cents to, like, the most basic model, quote-unquote, to five ninety five for, like, a super hyped-up, kitted-out, accessible-to-the-hilt troll doll. All the kids wanted them. <laughs> it was the 1960s, and people were like, that orange hair. Love it. Need me one. Apparently, something to do with, like, I don't know, psychedelics. Oh, I guess people thought nice. it was, like, the right branding or something to sort of appeal to this new age of modern kids sure <laughs> i don't know but they were real popular in europe and also in the united states we were buying like a million dollars worth of troll dolls a year and when was this in the 1960s wow i really thought this was an 80s phenomena oh yeah so so this is where we go though because toys have this wonderful like um Cyclical nature? Yeah. They just, they never really die because when the kids in the 80s grow up, or when the kids in the 60s grow up, they have this nostalgic feeling for these trolls, and so they start buying them for their kids. So there's another resurgence in the 80s. Um, And, but moving back a little bit, something about damn things. I don't know. I, I tried to look into this, but I couldn't find the details. They messed up their copyright. So basically that meant the moment that people realized, like, troll dolls were the hot toy like dozens of copycats uh, like co- copycats <laughs> copycats began manufacturing their own versions of these good luck trolls some of which are like made their own kind of iconic um additions like there was one company that added the gemstone in the belly button mm-hmm. that was like their own thing <laughs> oh it's like a legos and then what's the not legos Blago. <laughs> no. Nope. What is not it? That. It starts with a B, doesn't it's it? It's something blocks. Yeah. So there were a bunch of like essentially copycat ripoff, but it wasn't like we think of now on the internet where people are like manufacturing like the good luck, damn things, troll dolls, like registered trademark, but it's like darn things. Uh. <laughs> like they're their own brand. It's like other toy companies are like making their own version called their own thing and all putting their own little slant on it. Um, so it's not like they're like illegally knocking it off. It's just that this isn't copyrighted. So everyone could do whatever they wanted essentially. Um, so there was this one guy who I'm pretty sure I actually put in my notes. Russ, Russ Berries. He was one of these companies that, like, made a ton of money. It was, like, one of their biggest products, and he was so in love with them that they had, like, a thousand troll dolls at his wedding. Ooh. But that's the company that added a little gemstone to the belly button, and they also would put gemstones in the ears. Um, but, yeah, so in the 60s, trolls, big deal. Betty Miller was the first woman to pilot a solo Trans-Pacific flight, and um, <laughs> she had as her co-pilot in Good Luck Charm her troll doll, damn it. <laughs> Yeah, Which no. she took to um, meet JFK. She, like, brought her troll doll. She's like, hello, no, <laughs> Mr. No. President. Look like you've been there before. Come on. <laughs> There's pictures. Look. Look. Oh, no. No. Oh, no. Can we share this? Probably not, no. I don't know. Can I share things? <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. Betty Miller with her troll doll, damn it. I mean, <laughs> come unfortunate. on. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> So the first dolls, like the early troll dolls in the early um, 1960s were the highest quality troll dolls. They were made out of, like I said, they had glass eyes and they had sheepskin for hair before it went plastic. At one point they were selling so many dolls that damn things. I actually bought the entire stock of Icelandic wool that year to use to make hair for their troll dolls. 
This is the other one that I thought was fun. Um, this is an ad <laughs> from 1965 for Troll Doll. As you can see, this little troll is 65 cents, and they've got all these little accessories. Amazing. And they also started selling, like, habitats for the trolls. Habitats. <laughs> 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 but, see, you could have, like, a doctor troll, a nurse troll. So this was, like, the thing. They also had little mini trolls. Anyways, um, yeah, so... Troll dolls were a super big deal then. The 80s come around, people start realizing that the troll dolls are kind of like a phenomenon and people are actually collecting them, especially the older models. Um, by 2018, this woman gets the world record for having the most troll dolls at 8,130. She starts a museum called the Troll Hole, which no! you, can, you can still visit the, if you is... would like to learn more about, about uh, this fascinating topic. Give me the gum. You gotta pay the troll toll if you want to get into that boy's hole. You gotta pay the troll toll to get in. You want the baby boy's hole. You gotta pay the troll toll. You gotta pay the troll toll to get in. Troll toll. your toll troll your boy awaits but okay so in the 1990s i've never heard of this before but something happened called the 1995 1994 uruguay round amendment act i have no idea what it is i have no idea how this matters but apparently this thing getting passed means that damn things now has a valid copyright somehow for their trolls like you know 30 years after they first invented them and they sue the bejesus out of every single <laughs> company making some knockoff version of their troll dolls. Uh, like I said, Russ Barris, the guy who loved trolls so much he had a thousand of them at his wedding and was like the biggest seller of troll dolls besides damn things. Sued into oblivion. Well, they eventually reached a settlement and he agreed he wouldn't sell troll dolls anymore and now he sells like greeting cards or something. Um, but yeah, basically everyone was sued into oblivion and at that point forward, no one was allowed to make troll dolls anymore. Um, the next really like notable thing that happens is in 2013, DreamWorks actually gets the right, um, right. rights to make content based on damn things, good luck trolls, and so they make an Oscar-nominated... No. Movie called Trolls. That was Oscar nominated? Uh, yeah. It got nearly 40 awards and nominations. It was Oscar nominated for Best Achievement in Music for written motion p- pictures featuring <laughs> an original song called Can't Stop the Feeling performed by Justin Timberlake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was a big deal. Um, and then. They just recently made a um, sequel called, like, Trolls, The World Tour, which they ended up releasing early because of COVID, and you could, like, watch it online, and it was supposed to be a big deal. Yeah, that was, like, the first... Uh, oh, right, was, it was. should have been a theatrical release of COVID, yeah. 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 But the one thing that I thought was, like, most interesting about these troll dolls, besides the fact that apparently some of the oldest models are now worth, like, $500 a pop, so, like... If you know someone who passes away, maybe, like, check their attic for <laughs> dolls and just throw them in the garbage. Scavenge their goods. Yeah, scavenge right. their for goods. Um, 
But I saw this quote from someone who said, you know, it's, like, such a common thing for you, when you're talking about troll dolls that you say, like, they're so ugly, they're cute. And they're, like, what if it's that they're scary, they're cute? Like, they tap into this idea of, like, the mythology of trolls and how they're, like, these scary bad figures. But when you turn it into a toy that a kid can play with and wrap their mind around it's not scary anymore and even just the way the troll dolls are designed with their hair standing straight up like that's like someone getting scared is like a cartoon way of how you would depict that you know yeah um so i thought that was really interesting because i have them as being like maybe not ugly but scary and somehow like chibified yeah (laughs) but that's really kind of what they are at the heart of it um so I think that kind of explains why they have their, like, sticking power, even though they're honestly, like, objectively a really weird plastic toy. <laughs> yeah. I would have never known. This is incredible. I mean, this is useful everyday information for people out there. Totally. Because and- uh, who, who thinks they'll look this There's up? There's a it's vibrant amazing. underground troll market. I mean, you just got to know <laughs> where to there, look. I bet there is. <laughs> it makes me nervous, all these underground troll fans. It's like, it really is... It, for me, very sketchy. I don't want to know these people. <laughs> I don't want to know this underground troll obsessed person. Well, it's probably a very off. The thing that was interesting, but... Sherry Graham, the woman that's got the largest collection of trolls in the world, she said people think I'm this weird troll fanatic, but the reality is I stumbled across a couple, realized they were worth money, and it spiraled out from there. Like, she doesn't <laughs> have, like, a unique, like, oh, my God, the nostalgia. She was just like, yeah, I can't. But if you're not selling them, like, clearly she's not. She's amassing a collection, like. I mean, but if you're selling them, like, and reselling them, and she, like I said, she's got a museum, which probably doesn't make a ton of money, but it's two stories, by the way. (laughs) Has 22,000 pieces of troll-related memorabilia. If you were outed as having 10,000 pieces of troll memorabilia, wouldn't you say the same thing? Yeah. I'm I'm not weird. I I mean, I think about that story where you're like... You know, like, you're at the office or whatever, and someone mentions something, and you're like, oh, yeah, I love frogs, and you're just trying to get along, and suddenly, like, you're the frog girl, and everyone gets you a frog for, like, every, like, she might have just been like, oh, yeah, I like trolls, like, and people (laughs) just started giving them to her, and she was like, I guess this is who I am now. (laughs) The particular trolls made by damn things uh, are, are very relevant to the episode of Buffy that we watched. Super relevant. So I really appreciate you going down that. Yeah. Path. I mean, I think Thomas Dam, our lord and savior, <laughs> <laughs> woke up from a dream about, uh, what's his name? Olaf? Is it Olaf? Olaf yes, yes, Olaf. Olaf, and was like, I have the best idea. <laughs> I mean, this show had to what do trolls at some point, so. Yeah. I mean, it yeah, it's it kind of surprising they waited this long. Yeah. It's a big topic, and it, it's like obviously that's why it's almost impossible to cover the mythological side of it because it's like there's so many versions and concepts of what exactly that is. And I, I think that like you you see anything kind of deemed yeah. like that. Well, I went to, like you said, the Wikipedia <laughs> disambiguation of <laughs> trolls, and like there's the ones you think of, like the mythological yeah. troll, and you think about troll, troll dolls, too. and you think about like internet trolling. Hey, yeah, but then, troll too. You could have went on a whole thing about but then there's like actual trolling and as in like the fishing term and all these like historical oh, yeah. versions oh, of the troll, word troll course, yeah, and yeah. how it meant yeah, yeah. like sort of like fishing but like it's where you cast out lines yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> uh so i don't know it's a very useful word yeah who knew so many meanings and for anybody so wanting much. to go watch troll 2 because it's about trolls it's not about trolls it's about goblins so in fact 
Don't watch Troll 2 if you want to see anything about trolls. Grandpa! Grandpa Sam! Are you there? Mailbox! It's Goblet spelled backwards! Also, you shouldn't waste your time looking for Troll 1. <laughs> <laughs> and none of this is relevant because I, I won't allow, allow it! Um... You told the witch to do that on Nyanka. You seem determined to put an end to all my fun, just like you always did when we were dating. Uh, um. You dated him? You dated a troll? And we're what? Surprised by this? Oh, gosh, so. I guess we can close. Olaf. Right. It was the product of a spat between Anya and Willow about their love for Xander. And I just can't think of a topic that that Stacia would love to talk about more than somebody's love for Xander. Gross. Um, and justifying that and why it's a reasonable thing to to do and to have. Uh, so who I want, we're going to have, hopefully you don't both have the same answer. Otherwise, this is going to be a real short conversation. Uh, is Anya right in the, in the conflict? Or is Willow right in the conflict? At the beginning, before they summon him or whatever? Yeah, so so basically it's... Willow is like, you're weird. That's her kind of her whole argument. And Anya's <laughs> like, you're a jerk. <laughs> you're rude. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, so what do you think? Do you think Willow is right in that Anya is weird and should try to act more normal? Or that Anya is right and Willow is just being a jerk? Well, I'm going to answer the question you didn't ask, but it's easier to answer, which is Willow was definitely stealing. She shouldn't have been. I feel yes. like that was completely out of character, and Anya was totally in the right to complain about that. Well, that's certainly part of it. Jumping off of that, I think that Willow was just like, I don't know what she ate that morning. It was like fighting Cheerios or something. Fighting Cheerios. She was like ready. <laughs> she was like ready to get in a fight with someone. <laughs> And I feel like she just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. Like, if she'd just been like, you know what, you're right, I should just pay for these, then they wouldn't have even been fighting. So, honestly, I think Willow was being a jerk. Of course, that's what she cares about. I like money better than people. People can so rarely be exchanged for goods and or services. Sandra, she's pretending to be me. Well, I think, uh, you know, this is such a clear plot demanded it type of thing. Like the script says you got to do it. So do it. Because otherwise, like, I'm I'm sure, again, this kind of stuff has come up. But Willow doesn't strike me as this person that would yeah steal the, the stuff just because Giles is gone and doing all this. Um, but I don't know. Maybe uh, who's right or wrong. I mean, I, you, I don't want to say that it's got to be Willow. Uh, yeah. I so, mean, because Anya's weird. And, and I get it. You get tired of that shtick. I think there's a point to that, too. You've been here forever. Start doing, you know, act like it. But I don't know, man. She's also a fucking, you know, you've, again, she, Anya made great points, too. You know Xander. You, you'll always know him better than me. Cordelia, I think, said that t- same type of thing before, too. Like, I'll never know Xander because everybody wants to know Xander. I will never know Xander <laughs> the way that you know him, you know? And so it's like, you got to cut me some slack here. Not only am I brand new as a human, but... I'm, I will also never be the same relationship as you guys have. So I'm over two, really. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly multi layered in that a normal relationship outside of the Buffyverse, you don't have that baggage of 1200 years a demon kind of thing. Um, but I, I think that's a totally normal reaction in a relationship when you're close friends with an ex. You know, you start dating a person and it's like, 
this is weird. No, this is weird. I don't know. I'm uncomfortable. Um, so I think. Do we think that it's uncomfortable? Do we think that there's anything like that with with Willow or just uncomfortable in general? I mean, not that she feels anything for him, but like, is she always just going to feel uncomfortable no matter what? They've been dating forever now, Anya and Xander. So, I mean, why now? <laughs> Except the script. Yeah, well, and, that, and that's why it's tough because it is totally the plot demanded it. Like, we're just doing that this episode because you would think that if, if this had been something simmering for Anya, that we probably would have talked about it before now. Way earlier. But also maybe not. I don't know. Sometimes things come out when they come out and and maybe we just haven't super been paying attention to to her. Like maybe Anya's been saying little things here and there, just like Willow's been saying little things. But I wanna I wanna go back to the stealing thing. I don't think she was stealing. I think she's right. I think Willow is right when she was like Giles would totally let me take this stuff. I, I think it I think it's painted in a way that like, oh, Giles is away, so let's steal his stuff. But I don't think that's the case. I think she just wanted to do this thing at this time. Giles happened to not be there. But had he been there, she would have been like, hey, I'm, I'm working on this thing to help Buffy. Can I borrow some stuff? I think he would have said yes. But also, sure. Anya is right, too. And then it's like, hey, man, he left me in charge of the, stop, the shop, especially like you, Willow, of all people who made such a huge patronizing big deal about me being taking control of the shop for you to then come in and undermine me. And do the exact thing that you were saying that I would let happen on my watch, which is let people steal shit and, and wreck stuff. And, like, you're the reason that's happening. And you try to make it seem like I wasn't capable of handling this. And you're fucking ruining everything. So, not not a great look. She's also a vengeance demon who knows the power of fucking magic. Why are you talking while she's trying to do a spell? I mean, Anya, <laughs> bad look that's for like you. That's, the only time when it's hard to be sympathetic towards Anya, honestly. Yes. Because that has to be intentional, right? I mean, like, come on. Come it's so dumb. But that, that is so much the plot demands it. Like, exactly. she has to keep doing that, even though it's so obvious Willow isn't done because right. they have to mess up the spell together. Mm-hmm. And in lesser hands, this is a bad episode because it's it all is stupid. This is all the, the script demands it. But but we get down to some really good stuff. Like, even after she turns around and they have it out right there as, you know, Olaf is coming to life, that was all really well done even though it was really stupid and everybody could see it coming from a mile away um but even when they at the end when they're talking about the reasons and you know her her, willow thinking that anya's gonna hurt xander like either just emotionally or fucking as a vengeance demon like that was good stuff that's something that the show hasn't even really brushed upon at all like we don't know anything obviously we just learned how she became the vengeance demon but we only know little bits about that and I'm sure at this point we've sort of forgotten about Doppelgangland. We've forgotten about all of it, right? So, like, we probably don't even think of her as a vengeance demon, except when she mentions it offhandedly a couple times. Yeah, I mean, even as an avid viewer, it's they feel like different characters. And, I mean, they kind of are, right? Like, she was just this rando demon person that had, like, a semi-recurring role that came back a couple times because it was fun for the episode. Um, it definitely doesn't feel like the same person that we have now. But maybe she was the whole time. We just didn't get to see it. And also, she is not a demon anymore. That's a big big difference too but humans make the same mistakes over and over i saw it when i was a vengeance demon some guy dumps a girl she calls me i exact vengeance blah 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 the next year same girl different guy i mean after you smite a few of them you start going my goodness young lady maybe you're doing something wrong here too um yeah i think that getting to the vulnerable place at the end and and 
justifying it in that like these are legitimate concerns that willow could have been harboring and these are you know legitimate concerns that that anya could have been harboring and i think that emma caulfield um when she reacted to that as anya was was really good when she was like i would never hurt xander it was like really yeah. it was a, a nice little moment i think that indeed <laughs> indeed uh, well, and she also threw it back in uh, Willow's face with a little bit of foreshadowing, too, which is like, you're a fucking witch. Maybe he should be afraid of you. Yeah. Season six, mm-hmm. baby. I mean, it's true. It all comes to fruition. Although like, in this episode, you'd wrong. never think she'd be confident enough to ever end the world. No. Yeah, God. Which is awesome. I mean, that that's awesome, though. Like, that's so cool that that can and will happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, that's this episode's really sad in retrospect, right? Because it's like. We start with Anya being terrified that Xander's going to leave her out of nowhere. Xander, if you ever decide to go, I want a warning. You know, big flashing red lights and, and, and one of those clocks that counts down like a bomb in a movie. And there's a whole bunch of, of colored wires and I'm not sure which is the right one to cut, but I guess the green one and then at the last second, no, the red one. And then click, it stops with three tenths of a second left, but then you don't leave. Like that, okay? Check. That sucks. And knowing how it turns out, it's like, oh no, that whole that whole intro with them in bed, like talking, fantastic. Well, that while we're talking about that conversation, I think that conversation, why, like, it's it's a nice insight into Anya because, like, clearly she's afraid. She really, despite any logic, <laughs> loves Xander a lot. <laughs> loves and really, like, definitely cares about him. Totally legitimate. Only has eyes for him. But the, what they're talking about is Buffy. And they're saying that Buffy is a train wreck. I know. Buffy, who is 20 years old, has had two boyfriends. One, The first of which, Xander rightly says, Angel had to leave. Wow, that is the most glossing over of all time, not giving anyone fault, not addressing circumstances, explanation of the end of a relationship I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. But, okay. But they but they already know it, so they're just talking. But again, they're talking like real people. They're not trying to, like, No, no, I know, but still, like, you're trying to, like, because that, that comment super or preempted uh, by Anya saying, maybe it's her, maybe she's the problem. And he's like, Angel just left. That wasn't really her fault. But you are right. Riley did leave, too. She is a basket case. Like, what the fuck? Like, that makes absolutely no sense to me. And I completely disagree. She's had... Except the show agrees with d- disagrees with I, you. Yeah, it's true. The show makes her crazy. Like in this episode, she's bawling <laughs> on Tara's shoulder. She's crying at the end. He left. Xander left Anya. Um, no, not left or left her. He just left. It was only a little thing, really. Little thing. See, the thing is, little things get bigger. You no, know? and 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 if you don't catch the little thing, and then boom, you have this this whole huge thing. <laughs> Not, not, not them with the little things. They can't break up. I think they have a beautiful love. I, I think they'll be fine. <laughs> they have a miraculous love. What? A miraculous love. <laughs> I'm so. That's the part of this episode for me that I hate. I hate that she is having this reaction. And it goes back to last week. I wish she did not chase Riley down in the helicopter. I wish she was having problems with her guilt for not doing that because if we all just knew that she was upset at her for not trying to get him his attention instead of you know riley leaving and her not being able to say goodbye 
that to me would just be so much better. But I mean, they're torpedoing, in my opinion, they torpedo Buffy there. And here is just like, it's a tough, it's tough. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, it certainly it. doubles down on the, the it unfortunate down. reality of that. Like they took all the power out of Buffy. Like we, yep, you're right. She feels bad about it. But I mean, at least the conversation with Dawn kind of buttressed that a little bit where she was like, you know, I'm, I'm angry and I'm guilty and, um, you know, I, I think she is maybe quietly wrestling a little bit, but obviously we just see this comical overblown, I feel well, so bad, I did the wrong thing. But she can be very straightforward about it with, like, you know, with Dawn, it's such a sober conversation. And then out in the wild, it's like Tara's just, like, you know, smoking weed and just, like, talking. And, <laughs> and, fucking, and fucking Buffy is losing her mind. And poor Tara's just like, oh, no, I'm too high for this. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love Pothead Tara because it's totally true. Poor. She's like, I was just taking my my Greek hist- art history class and then Buffy's losing her mind. I, I don't know what happened. So good. Not so huge. I just said it feels like the end of the world. Don't you listen? I'm teasing. Sort of. I don't really have a whole lot else to say before we get to saying other things. It's so funny. This is just a show about saying stuff, but sometimes you have to put an order to it. (sighs) Daniel, do you have anything else that you needed to say or wanted to say before we officially transition to saying stuff? No, I think we can just uh, go from saying stuff to saying stuff again. Great, great, great. Well, I think it's about that time in the episode where we remind you that we're a real podcast and you can find us everywhere at beat me pod twitter tumblr instagram uh that's all the ones right and then there's also a website that has wonderful show notes which are really useful for stuff that like if we play a video uh there's a little clip or something i don't know maybe you'll get a picture of trolls who knows you, oh, you'll way... see that JFK troll pick for sure <laughs> the only way to find out is by going to beatmepod.wordpress.com and that'll have all that information there and also if that wasn't enough, there's also a playlist that you can find on Spotify, Beat Me hyphen Funtime Playlist for podcast fans, Season 5, which contains all the music in Buffy the Vampire Slayer that's available on Spotify for this season, as well as all music we may have used in these episodes that you've been listening to. So check that out if you like music. But more importantly, we have stuff to yell about. Ah, <laughs> oh, gosh, I feel like I always throw it at stages, so I'm going to go first. Wow. Uh, wow this is a really shiny pink shirt that Buffy was wearing at the convent it was really shiny and pink and distracting she was like a flying pirate attacking a nun and I loved it so how goes the slaying I killed something in a convent last night in any other room a frightening declaration here a welcome distraction tell us all about the killing buff pretty standard vampire staking oh but I met a nun and she let me try on her wimple Okay, now we're back to frightening. <laughs> is that silk, do you think? What's chiffon? Is chiffon a cake? Uh, we didn't talk about Spike at all in this, but he was pretty amazing in this episode. Uh, the mannequin alone was very funny. And just giving chocolates, like, he was ready. Even though he ate all the chocolates, because they all fell out at the end. That was hilarious. Um, or maybe they all just fell out. Maybe that's the point. I don't know. But don't they have a little plastic cover? What happened to that? Um, he had two conversations with Xander, one talking to him. But also talking about Buffy at the same time, like they weren't talking to one another, uh, which happened a lot in this episode. People like talking to one another, but not really talking about one another. And I loved when the troll came in 
and he solemnly like walks towards Buffy and he's like, Hey Buffy. <laughs> like like they're gonna talk it out mm-hmm. right there. It was fucking And the amazing. look she and gives him like, credit. Why are you being weird? Oh, it's just what? <laughs> and then the wanting credit for not eating, you know, uh not feeding on disaster victims is pretty pretty great. And he's like, What do I have to do? It was great. Spike is both terrifying, not for the scary I'm a vampire reasons in this episode, and just like completely hilarious. The so funny. The so the chocolates why they're gone is because he beat the shit out of the mannequin and broke all the broke chocolates it. out of broke the, all the, the package. That's what yeah. I figured. And then yeah. he's like trying to shove them back in. Yeah, like, like reset. And the way <laughs> Buffy. Also, the way that he does it is really <laughs> delicate, which is so like the nuance of Seamus Boxer <laughs> and Spike just like. Delicately, after he's had his giant meltdown, placing I mean, little things back in the box. He's so funny, but I have to say, one second clip of Spike in this overshadow is all his funny when Buffy's like thrown into him and she's trying to get up and he's yeah. holding oh, onto he's, like, her, holding and then he gives her. that like, mm, I know, face. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> gross again it. because this is panty sniffing. Yeah, I know. Window stalking. I know. Mannequin assembling. But but it's so frustrating because you get also like the funny Spike trying to be like a better person. Like, because I know you wouldn't like that, Buffy. But then Uh. the funniest line that I think he says in this episode and maybe ever in the series. You there. Do you know where there are babies? What do you think? The hospital? What? It's just a, like an automatic reaction. He's yeah. not like trying to be a jerk or like trying to be an evil thing. He was like, yeah, probably the hospital, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it is good. So, <laughs> so good. Well, Jane Espenson writing this episode because she also did the replacement. The mannequin. He started stealing pieces for that mannequin in the replacement when we find him in the in the uh, junkyard. And it's just like that girl. She she calls. Why is Jane so perfect? Why is Jane so perfect? <laughs> we'll never oh. know. We'll never know. Stacia. Um, Dawn's wearing a shirt that says, Glamour is my occupation. Yes, she is. Because <laughs> she is a tween oh with God. attitude. <laughs> I don't think I have that amazing. Oh, so Giles is, uh, when they're talking in the training room, which, by the way, for the first time ever, I don't know why, in all of my years watching the show, I'm like, I get she's a superhero and we need to have her secret identity and whatever. Why have we not hired a professional trainer for her? Because yeah. Giles is her literal professional trainer. No, he's, he's old as hell. He's old and is not that strong. You get one MMA like trainer in there, like that's gonna way benefit her much more. Like, and she already has to pull her punches. I get like you don't want to give away that she's a superhero, right? I understand, but there's no way she's hitting him full force because she gave him a little bit of heat and he almost I died. Know. I so, know. She had Riley, and then before that, she had Angel. Still, again, not going, f- I mean, maybe with Angel, but not going full power. Okay, but Angel's not on the scene. Either way, I but think it's time MMA to bring fighter, in a professional. She would not be able to beat him uh, the way that, at full strength either. He's a no, human. No, I know, I know, but him. I'm just saying, if we're already, we have to pull punches literally anyway, why not just get, Giles is getting his ass beat. Is what I'm saying. Let's help the dude out. He's fine. Where's Mike Tyson? Bring Mike Tyson in. <laughs> no one said that. <laughs> He's Try to bite fine. Buffy's ear off. Just need to make Xander stand there and hold the little paddles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He does end up. It might even be the next one where he's in the big, like, sumo suit. Oh, yeah. That's oh, good. Yeah. I like that. It's uh, improvement for him. You ever have that feeling where there's something you know you're supposed to do and you forgot what it was? Nope. 
there's a lot of great cuts in this episode, which I assume is probably an Espenson. Uh, the only one carrying on the tradition. Uh, we get the great cut from Xander um, talking about, I wonder how she's dealing with it. The man being, you know, Riley. Oh, yeah. Going to the convent. Cut yeah, right yeah. to the monastery. Yeah. Um, side note on that, though, is the nun. What's up with the nun? She just saw a vampire get dusted and has no questions. She seemed completely fine with that. It's fucking insane. This episode is just jokes, jokes, jokes. I was like laughing, like laughing out loud while we were watching it. I couldn't help myself, even though I've seen you it a million times. I was all over the place. But yeah, so she gets up and she's like, God, he looked like a demon. But he's like, I, I know, know, right? right? <laughs> even though you just watched her throw the steak away and watched her do it. <laughs> it's like, what is this slapstick comedy? Uh, and then there's also uh, Buffy uh, saying that sh- uh, she wished she could say all the things to Riley that she wanted to say. And then it went to Spike uh, mm. with the mannequin, which is pretty good. And then, of course, the most on the nose one that the show will probably ever do, which is Willow saying, I wish Buffy was here. Buffy parges in. I'm here. I wish I had a million dollars. And everyone's like, what? It's great. <laughs> pretty great. Oh, God. So many jokes. So many jokes. I wrote a note. I think we should should start uh, clocking Willow's dark descent Ooh. into her ending the world because today her stealing from Giles Blackheart is a slippery slope, my friend. Mm. Mm. Okay. She's stealing to feed her habit. But couldn't we already argue that she's clearly already gone down the dark path because as Anya will point out, Dalvin already offered yeah, her that's true. It's true. Anya's whole job. That was just like a one-off. Mm. Okay, but stealing. Because she I mean, was sad. She's not sad now. She's just making a bad moral choice. But see, I again, I would argue she wasn't stealing. So maybe this isn't. She this was fair. stealing. Yeah, was she? Did Giles actually give his okay? Moving on. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go for a quick twofer because I just need to throw out there a line that I've quoted for the show forever because I think it's so funny and it's not even that funny. Buffy, well, rather, Don says. What are you doing? Yep. Buffy says, playing oh, soccer. One. I don't That's know. So funny. I don't know why it's so dumb. And the way, especially the way she plays it off, because she's like, it's not yep. even, she's not dying laughing in her own head, which is what I was doing. Because she's just like, I'm just being a snarky, snarky older sister. Oh, God, so it's funny. Okay. So funny. And I think about every time someone says something, what are you doing? Playing soccer. I just can't. Because she's not playing soccer. Do you get it? I get it. I do get it, I guess. Uh, The other thing is, during that conversation, uh, a great conversation, and and I even think that um, delivering, like, you know, stopping in Seifel, it's creepy, was really cute. Uh, But Buffy, or Don says, like, you took down his pictures, I would have done it sooner. And I'm like, we just recently had a conversation about people having pictures of themselves. (laughs) Mm-hmm. On their, like, desks or in their personal areas. Uh, With your, your boyfriend or girlfriend, okay, sure. Also, tangible pictures are such a thing in the past for us now, too. All we're saying is we don't have any pictures of us in our house. Mm. I don't know who's weird, us or everyone else. <laughs> and I like, I don't know. I don't know. if Is there a point? Okay, to both of you, station first. Was there ever a point in your life as a child of the 90s? Have you ever had physical pictures of, of your friends or your, your boyfriend or whatever in your room? Yeah. Okay. Like boyfriend specifically? No, just friends. Just friends. Okay, Daniel, have you ever had a picture of your girlfriend in your room, with or with without you? I've never, I've never had pictures in my. Okay, room. like not of, not of like your friends or your. But it is not a. I don't think. I think it's more of just a. It's. I, I've never. 
I yeah. wouldn't do it. I, w- I mean, I don't know how I would get them. <laughs> Who would pay for it? It's like back when pol- Polaroids. And yeah, you get yeah. the pictures, you'd have to actually get them up, and then you pick, like, your favorite one because most of them are, like, you know, blurs or your thumb is covering half of it or whatever because it's impossible to take good pictures with yeah. a crappy disposable camera, and then you, like, stick it on your mirror. Friends. Yeah, I, th- I think, like, for me, I had my yearbooks always, like, close by. You know, I definitely, like, looked at them from time to time, like, when I was younger, but... No, I never had any pictures out. I mean, my like my parents have pictures of the family all around the house, um, yeah. but never me with pictures. And I wouldn't do that today. Like we just got my mom a digital one so she can put photos from Google and put them onto the little screen, you know, and it just yeah. flashes yeah. through. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's all changing, too. So, you know, who's going to have pictures? You know, it's we simultaneously have no pictures and yet you have all right, the pictures right. in the world at the same well, time. Well, we were so talking. This was brought here? up by the whole thing that I said, like. The only pictures that married people have are pictures of them getting married. Like, if anyone's going to yeah. have a picture yeah. in their house, it's going to be a picture of them on their wedding day. And otherwise, like, you don't have pictures in your house. Like, there's never a follow-up picture. That's why that came up. I was like, why <laughs> do we think that? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like every time they, they, it's these YouTubers that, it's like, It's like 20 years stuff. later and they're like, my one picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I peaked on that day. It's all downhill. <laughs> Every time they make a new beautiful wood frame, it's the same wedding photo every yeah. time. <laughs> it is, though. They're like, here, I'm going to show you how to make another picture frame. And it's just like the sixth version of one of their wedding photos. And you're like, okay. Or they go crazy and make like a painting of themselves and, uh, you know, Shit's Creek style and just like, boom. That'd be cool. That would be too much. So it's a family portrait, Roland. Oh, you, you all look like cartoons. So weird. I don't remember posing for this. Because you didn't. You were in rehab when we sat for this. I wasn't in rehab. I was at rehab visiting Stavros. Oh, that's right. We had your face painted on the body of my assistant. Mm, that's why you look so good. <laughs> uh, more council propaganda in this episode. Um, hate talking about the can- council. H- hate them coming up. Oh, you're going to um, love the next episode. Did they not so have Gi- phones in the 2000s? That's what I mean. So <laughs> Giles, all about his central library, and I'm like, I'm already over it, just like Buffy is instantly over it. But, like, I don't – why go there? Why tell them about the key and glory? And on some level, I can – I can w- once he said the next thing, I sort of empathize. I'm like, okay, you've run out of options. You really want to do it. It was when he said that if the initiative were still around, he would have went to them. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh, if it's between the fucking council and the initiative. All right. I didn't realize <laughs> how fucking dire and, and what dead end we've gone down. All caps. Since when do we consult the it's, fucking initiative is, on anything? I don't know. Jane, what was that? What was that? Except to bring Riley in. Like, again, pretty ham-fisted way just to, like, force the issue. But... I don't know. That was really tough stuff. Anyways, I fucking hate the council. I love at the end when uh, Joyce like dunks on Giles is like, oh, you went all the way to England just to fucking get no information. Like that was awesome. So, <laughs> you know, I guess some good came out. It would have been it, a five minute phone call. But <laughs> surely for three days. And the fact that they wouldn't they wouldn't take the phone call. I mean, he knows that everyone knows it. Like they're horrible. Like they're horrible. Well, hey, on maybe purpose. maybe that was it. Maybe they he called multiple times and they wouldn't talk to him. Yeah, then don't go. Just say fuck you. We're yeah. going to figure it out ourselves. You know what? We haven't seen Glory in seven episodes, so who maybe knows? She's maybe yeah, she's maybe gone. Maybe she's gone. Maybe she's left. <laughs> All gone. Oh, man. Stacia? Uh, just to 
general amusing, no reason really. Do you think uh, Giles has troll insurance? Nice. I mean, the, that's gonna suck for him. I wonder practically if he if there's a level of coverage you can get to to cover the incidental such as constant demolishment of your place of work. Do you right? think- like? They might offer it in Sunnydale. I mean, you watched all the people around them oh, watch a troll fight people at the bronze and tear down the rafters, at least we forget. And everyone's just like, again, we've talked about the trauma of this town. Surely one of the insurance agents is like, well, this is life. We'll sell insurance for, <laughs> for incidentals. Like, you know, police violence. No, that doesn't happen because the police don't happen here. But like troll violence. Yeah, you can buy insurance for that for sure. Yeah, because there is that weird thing with Sunnydale where people are both totally aware of what's going on I know. and have Completely no clue what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it would be kind of funny to have a scene with an insurance adjuster wandering through and being like, "You have the troll exception. I'm sorry." It's not I know. <laughs> we don't cover it here. Yeah, if everything else, you don't cover sorry. trolls and goblins. I'm no, sorry. we do cover. You're right. We do cover damage caused by trolls, but not if summoned through a crystal from another right. dimension. Right. Exactly. They have so. to be our dimensional trolls. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> so sorry. God. That's definitely an episode of Angel. That's hot. Right? Because <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> they've got evil lawyers. They should have evil insurance adjusters. They probably do. I mean, that's amazing. I think this might, I should have put it in the first, but I didn't know for sure if it was a first. So maybe you can corroborate this, either of you. I think this is the first solo Buffy and Tara scene. Oh, wait, no, 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 it's not. Because in Family, she, like, gets in Tara's face about summoning the demons, right? But everyone else is in the room, too. Yeah, and this might Shit. be the first time of them hanging out together. Yeah, definitely, like, a nice moment. Yeah. Them having, like, a moment moment, right? right? If we consider that a nice moment, yeah. yeah. I think it was. I mean, Tara, Tara, Tara's like, Willow's missing. She's probably dead. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Them, them crying Earlier. after art history. Yeah. I know, but that... No, she's crying. <laughs> but, I mean, for Buffy, that wasn't a good moment. That was a nice moment, you know, when she was crying. <laughs> Buffy, traumatic, thinking that all of her friends are about to leave her. Not a great moment. Not something she's going to look back on fondly. Although okay, it did well, give her maybe the strength to beat funny, Olaf. Though. It is funny. Tara's like, yeah, they got a, they got in a fight and Xander left and Buffy started getting it's all so upset. Funny. And she's like, no, I said it wrong. I mean, Xander and... Anya got in a fight and Xander left. Yeah, and I'm like, said you the just same said the exact same thing over again. <laughs> That's what happens when you're high. You don't have any short-term memory. Well, also, it's not wrong. Normal people shouldn't react to any of that news. That's just casual conversation. But, of course, Buffy is on edge because she lost her boyfriend, So, who went away on a helicopter. And she doesn't want to take Central American geopolitics. She doesn't want that, right. that 2 o'clock knife in the heart. So, Oh, uh, that was brought up on one of the... Buffy board things I was researching everyone had a bone to pick with the fact that apparently it's never said on screen by Riley to any other characters where specifically he was going yet everyone knows specifically where he was going somehow yeah. where specifically was he going Belize, Belize right yeah oh, I didn't know specifically that's but where he was going Xander mentions the first yeah right because who cares but uh, immediately when the episode opens Xander says central public of wherever the hell right yep. um and then Buffy says, I hear the word jungle, Central American geopolitics. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I don't care. On. I figure. They definitely talked. I he mean, if you hear something. the word jungle, don't you think South America? Well, he never says that either. Like, he never says anything. Yeah. No, th- 
He just says, they want me back, Buffy. Right. He never said on screen yeah. that he was going to Belize. But you know what? Other people say stuff all the time. And we all seem to get along in this world where we walk to places and go to places. And who knew that they were going to Greek art class, right? It just sort of happens. Yeah. Someone talked if about it. If we don't it. take the yada yada in stride, we cannot watch the no, show. If somebody put that on a message board, I would say that's wasted keystrokes, my friend. Have you given any thought to um, sending him on a trip to Belize? Belize? Yeah. Belize. You know, where, uh, where Mike went to. Off on a trip to uh, Belize. So you better not be saying what I think you're saying. <laughs> it's just conjecture. I'm Hank is family. Yeah, he's um in Spain. With his secretary. Living the cliche. Uh, the last one, I mean, we kind of covered everything here, but the, the last one was I thought was pretty funny was when Willow uh, telling Anya, you know. You got your thousand years of hurting men gold watch? Amazing stuff. <laughs> I'd hope it was a Cadillac, honestly. I mean, right? Uh, the only thing I had left on my notes was, and I always thought this was a funny quote, when the troll says, puny receptacle. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why. Just like... Was there a size of receptacle that wouldn't have been puny to him? That he'd look at it and be like, that's a magnificent receptacle. That's so good. Oh, gosh. Um, uh, just like a couple things. Rapid fire. Uh, Xander should be dead. Oh, this a million times dead. over. I, I, I can't. can't. So bad. What the hell? It's so bad. Uh, and his dialogue during that fight. Get away from them. You won't touch these women. <laughs> Real bad. Wow, Jane. Did you like just drop your pen and that? I don't think that, that was Jane. I feel like that was Xander ad living. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Brennan was like, "Yeah, you don't touch these. Don't women. touch these women." <laughs> so bad. And off screen, like the director is like, "I told him to be cool. Oh, this is the best take we have." <laughs> I want to imagine too that he also ad libbed the going up on the stairs and oh yeah, like what's he gonna do? Like catch like, me? This is so silly. <laughs> No, I mean, he's, it's supposed to be really dramatic, but it's yeah, just so yeah. dumb. Choose, Anyanka or the witch. One of your women must die. Uh, his so arm bad. does stay broken until uh, the body, which, oh, wow. hilarious, oh, he that, punches a wall. Awesome. Like, so his yeah. arm is healed as of the body, and then he immediately punches the wall and fucks up his arm. Is it the same arm? <laughs> that's that's yeah. so Xander. That's so um, Xander. And then the last thing, just because I can't believe we're still doing this. It's been five years. It's been over five years. Can we please stop having conversations, secret conversations, about a specific person within earshot of that person? Never. Oh, come please. On, yeah. Never. Just please. <laughs> no. <sighs> I'm really actually shocked that Checkpoint is the next episode because clearly Dawn just heard that whole thing. We zoomed on to her for a reason. Heard what? Heard what? She didn't hear shit. Oh, yeah, I guess. Did Joyce? Sp- she didn't okay. hear shit. That's why this episode loses points for me because not that she didn't hear shit. She heard people talking about her. No, I mean they made it seem like a thing. She heard nothing. She heard disappointment. This could be about her fucking report card. This could be about someone else. She doesn't. Yeah, well, I mean it has to be true. Let let alone that she's the key and that she's a monk's dream. Like she doesn't know anything like that. So that's why also this I thought that was going to be a big reveal. I'm like, oh, kudos for a fun little episode that has plot. No. Nothing in this the episode. The key happened. doesn't mean anything out of context. Like the key to what? 
the key to my frustration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that that I'm I'm confusing this with the actual episode where this gets all spilled out, the one right after checkpoint, which is blood ties, uh, and and Don does overhear them legitimately being like, you, you know, she's the key. I can't believe it, and, that, and that's when we like are breaking the news to the whole group, and and she's like, what am I? Am I a thing? Yeah, it's, it's a great episode, but I thought. Well, Kelly, we have to get season five started. It just started I know this last, is this know, is episode what I know one. I know. So we gotta we're laying the groundwork for for season five. I'm just really excited time. about Checkpoint being the next episode, and I thought for a second that it was Blood Ties, but it still is Checkpoint, and that's great. And I can't wait to get to it. But first, we have to get our watches updated so we could get to next week. Daniel, tell me all about it. Xander construction outfit watch no maroon jacket watch no Dawn's piercing scream no she didn't know much in this episode Chips Ahoy yes reference to him fighting mm-hmm. a demon uh, if not for his lack of care and then he got instantly fucking smashed out by the demon and then grabbed Buffy awkward <laughs> Buffy has a personality no indication at all of Buffy's personality <laughs> uh, De Hoffern watch no but uh, we but mention uh, yes and we do get a shout out to Crazy Larry down at the bus stop so that's cool. Um, he doesn't have a watch, so I just wanted to shout him out. I've replaced Sandy Watch officially with Tara out of context. Hi, watch. Um, I'll, I'll re- fix that name as we go along. But obviously, Exotic England was just too much for me. That was so funny. Again, you got to take all these out of context because then when Anya comes over to the table and the first thing out of Tara's mouth is, there's this thing you can do where you create light. And we thought, what if we make like simulated sunlight? <laughs> it just works so good. It just all works so good. She's just so high. <laughs> uh, my, my, I'm going to throw my hat in for naming this category. And I would like it to be Tara's on the pot again. <laughs> Well, they do mention it, too, about peer pressure and drugs. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. I know what this is. This is peer pressure. Any second now you're going to make me smoke tobacco and, and have drugs. Uh, Willow just casually calling people the fish and expecting people to know. <laughs> you're the fish. That it's got in the hat. <laughs> like, that makes Willow look like she's high as hell. Um, and then, of course, the referencing to the... Oh, I mean, fucking Anya's retort there. You're referencing literature I have no way to be familiar with is so great. Um, and of course, the thing about the peer pressure, it's like, yeah, coming from two stoners, they're definitely trying to get her high. Um, yes. Tara convinced Buffy to take Greek art with her. I mean, come on. Get high before art class, which she was, and enjoy it. Don't even notice the spit, right? She doesn't even care. She's like, this is so great. And then, of course, she was so high talking to Buffy that she spiraled out, and the paranoia just hit. And it's like, oh, my God, what did I just say? Let me try to explain it again. Oh, my God, what did I just say there? She didn't know what she was saying. Um, even and She has this like little time where she's like, oh, dear. Like She even did a little, oh, dear. It was fucking great. So Tara, high as hell. Michael Wicket, Amy Gothwatch. Hell yeah. Got an Amy shout out because this is Jane Espenson writing. I love D-Rat being a verb is amazing. And also foreshadowing, right? Like she's planning something. Isn't that her? I mean, obviously for the comics, she's like pretty integral to the whole season eight or whatever but like um well she even is straight up evil in in this this show show yeah that's what i thought yeah but she's evil now right she's plotting something right that's maybe okay uh books maybe books a million i mean yeah she's rubbing her rat hands rubbing her rat hands um yes lots of books we have books on relocation spells suspension spells sleepy spells 
amongst others. That's right. Streets Ahead, no, but I want to shout out Book Stew next door to the magic. Which we have seen before. Have we I, seen I, it? I okay, that's amazing. I think so. Uh, and also, we also got to see the suburban road that Anya speeds through with no consequences. <laughs> we also got the Meyer Sport and Tackle that got the cops called in on it for burglary, but not for troll smashing yes. on public property. Uh, we also get to see Hank's Liquors Mart for the first time in a long time. So that was pretty cool. But technically, no. No streets ahead. And uh, Giles' biggest KO? No, but like I said before, I think that Joy's dunking on him about going to England like an idiot. It's pretty funny. So <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks. Uh, I'm so excited about our new watch. I can't. Oh, I cannot wait to watch Tara, who, again, we, at least we, we have to keep saying, she's a new character. <laughs> That's right. And, baby, they're about to do great things. So I'm ready. I It just makes it – it all makes sense because – my biggest sticking point with her is always how awkward she is. And like, and I get that it's kind of a character trait, but sometimes it just feels a little bit like not the best acting, which takes me out of it a little bit. But if it's because she's constantly blazed 24-7, insert, I was That's what's going on in Tara's life. That makes way more sense. It makes me feel so much better. Yeah, relationship debris is kind of piling up on the Buffy Highway. We finally made it for the first time in the year 2001. We are going to rank this sucker. Can you believe it? Willow Hacks. We talk about the net slash something Wicca this week. Oh, absolutely. It is the cause and the resolution of the whole damn thing. 10 out of 10. Uh, Giles level of Giles. While he is not with us very long this episode, nor is Joyce nor Don, he does Giles it up all over the place. He fails at fighting. He he stammers and struggles over leaving anyone in charge of the recycling that isn't him. He wears a suit. He goes to England. He begs the council. All of these feel very Gilesy. So I. Everyone is and Anya being stoked to see him go away for a week. <laughs> yeah. Also, fantastic. Ten of ten. I gave him a nine, but yes, fantastic. Right. Uh, Joyce. So Joyce also barely in the episode, but I am loving scarf Joyce. I gotta say. No more bathrobe. Mm. I looked at it today, and there it was, all fuzzy and blue, and I just couldn't stand it anymore. I don't think the rest of us will miss it much either. It was getting a little rife, Mom. Maybe we should burn it. It would keep the bugs away. It doesn't smell. Fine, fine. Make your funny jokes at the expense of the woman with a hole in her skull. I think it's a great look for her, and I think that their little conversation, although brief, uh, between, you know, her, Buffy, and Don being, you know, making their little jokes about the stinky house code is great. And, yeah, like you said, she dunks on Giles. And I really, really like, I wish for the first time, maybe, that Joyce was around longer in the show. Because this yeah. this idea of her or this, like, teaser of, of Joyce potentially being part of the group actually mattering and being interested and wanting to help. Like, I know she's just getting kind of a little bit of a download, but we've never included Joyce. Never once. It. That's what makes yeah. it Yeah, and I mean, we, I, we really are ratcheting that up. Like, could you imagine? Like, maybe she could be part of it. Maybe she's going to be like a Scooby now and, like, care and help. Can I you? know. And so oh, I just think God. that that's the only time that probably happens in the show. And it, it, I thought it was really nice. And it was just such a little thing. But I gave her a seven because I couldn't give her a ten. Although maybe I should have because that might have been the only time I gave her a 10. Uh, but, uh, well, what about in the body? She doesn't get a 10 for that. For being a corpse? <laughs> That's pretty dark. 
it's hour. pretty dark. It's either dark as a memorial or it's she did such a good job. I yeah, know. I mean there are the flashbacks. There are a couple scenes with her in the episode, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, I only gave her seven though. So monster of the week, Olaf is he's he's fun. Um, I think he's. The costume leaves a little bit desired for me, honestly. And the the hammer, if you get a good look at that prop, it's not great. Oh, it's, it's bad. Um, it, I mean, it's... Plastic as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, the special effects-wise, it leaves me kind of wanting. Uh, but, you know, stereotypical troll stuff is always going to be funny. Um, but it's also just is what it is. Like, it's not, nothing new. We're not, like... Yeah making any any kind of fun snappy take on the troll we're just doing brah, grog, brah, smash blah 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 which again can't it is but fun. he did have feelings that it was kind fun. of fun like once he saw Anyanka, like i enjoyed that too where i totally. just thought he was going to be a i mean i know the story but like if you were watching it it would just be a drunk smash destroy and right totally like, ah, brainless yeah, yeah. Fucking Anya, that would have hey, been way less you. interesting but yeah, yeah the fact the sheer fact that he is Anya's origin story is is you know cool in and of itself. So yeah. gave him a seven because while he caused a lot of property damage, he didn't actually kill anyone, uh, and he didn't actually even that we know of. <laughs> oh true. yeah, I guess that's true. Some of the bronze patrons could have died of their injuries, but not that there one are... spike was helping. Not a lick. No, I'm propping her up. Everybody else is still underneath the wood, but no, I'm going to look after this one person. I'm doing something. Buffy loved me. Uh, relationship goodness or badness? Willow and Anya, obviously not great, but then they come they come around in the they end. Do. Uh, Buffy and it looks like I wrote Moira. Riley, Tara, Tara. There we go. <laughs> Buffy and Tara, I thought was great. Again, the first like solo scene of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though Buffy was crying, as has been pointing out to me, is probably not a good thing. I thought it was great. Uh, Don and Buffy connecting on a on a deep level. Comforting each other was nice. Well, I guess Don comforting Buffy because she said. Yeah. Xander and Anya seemed to be great. I don't know. <laughs> Although Buffy, very sad. So Buffy and, and everyone and no one at the same time. Very sad. So seven? Seven. That's right. But she also loves her friends so much that she doesn't want any of them to break up. Like, even though she's sad about her own life and whatever, she's also comforted, I think, that everybody else is going to stay together. And that their loves is yeah. miraculous and it will always last forever. What are you fighting for, minuscule blonde one? Your friends? These two? <laughs> they will never last. Anyanka is very difficult to live with. And he, he's ludicrous and far too breakable. <laughs> Their love will never last. <laughs> <laughs> You really dated him? Yes. But you like me better? Yes. Oh, and Willow likes you too, but not in a sexy way. You know, because she's gay. And she's not going to try to break us up, so you know it's all okay. Their love will last forever! Well, there's actually legitimacy to Buffy saying that about Xander and Anya specifically because in Hell's Bells she does tell Xander uh, your relationship's kind of been always like a, a beacon for me I don't know you have this like normal relationship and it's really lasted and I'm I do look up to that I envy you and I'm you know impressed and proud of you and then he fucks it up immediately well, but that's sweet until it's not it's true yeah episode specific as Stacia already pointed out there's a troll on the loose and you're going to crash Giles' car 
it's likely we're going very fast. <laughs> it just, oh, that scene, every scene. Jane, you're so damn funny. Eight out of ten because I couldn't rank it any higher because even though I wanted to, I had to control myself. 48 overall, three of 11 for the se- season, not series. Uh, right above family and right beneath Fool for Love. Nice. Stacia, are you ready to give us your ranking for Triangle? Sure. I ranked it 35 out of 89. Yes. Better than middle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Higher. Yeah, I think it should be higher, but that's fine. Well, it's a top third. Close yeah. to, yeah. Top third-ish. I mean, that's so that makes sense almost. to me. What's around it? Um, well, for season five, it's below No Place Like Home and Family, and above Buffy versus Dracula and Real Me. Cool. cool. But in reality, it's below Superstar, which Jane also wrote. Yeah, yeah. and still above Buffy versus Dracula. I don't know if that's right. Eh, it's pretty right. I. I put mine at 46 out of 127, right? 27, 127. Um, so pretty high because it's really it's really fun. I enjoy talking about it. I was prepared to, to mark it lower if it wasn't for everything that we talked about today. So I think I'm going to stick with my 46. That does put it below uh, Buffy versus Dracula. So, <laughs> which was where not it belongs. Be- <laughs> So, no, <laughs> although no. it is one, of, it's you know, this this season's been weird. It hasn't been as great as as I thought it was going to be. As someone who hosts this podcast, might hype it up to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's going to turn yeah. out really that six and seven season that are maligned are going to be better. Uh, yeah, no, it's we'll see. You do that, but that tells me that I'm I should look forward to that because it'll actually be good. Um, no, so far so far it's been weird and the season's been strange, but it's also season. First episode of season five, so that is the truth, and um, I'm hoping I'm hoping that there's no more of this bullshit with Riley because my fucking god, I'm over it. I mean, until um, he comes back. Yeah. Even I don't I don't mind the coming back part. I don't mind, but even in this episode where she's like, maybe we'll come back and make a go of it. I'm like, why would you uh, want yeah. that? You made all the arguments that's to not do that. I hate it. Anyways. Yeah, but we took that away from her. We're not allowed to think about that. Uh, yeah, no, I, that's very true. So anyways, 46, you know, the long season of season four is over and we are moving on to new things. And that's nice. Yeah. We're in 2001 now. No looking 2001. back. No looking back. No one's about to die. No national tragedies are going to happen this year. Everything is looking great. Yeah. Totally normsies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Triangle. Funny, funny, funny episode. Maybe not a ton of substance. Definitely not a ton of substance, but still funny. Great time. I love talking about it, but it's over. It's in the books. Triangle. Done. Please do join us next week, though, for for one of my maybe top 10 episodes of the series. Checkpoints. Not to hype it up and to ultimately be proved wrong or anything, but it's maybe the best. No, it's not the best, but it is great. And I can't wait to talk about it. So I hope you join us next week for that. Uh, Anything else to say about this episode, Stacia, before we leave? Um, nothing to say about this episode, but I am struggling, and I desperately want to say, Trolls! Trolls in the dungeon! Trolls in the dungeon! I thought you ought to know. Thank you. I don't know if you 
thoughts, Daniel? What else do you have to say about this episode of, of, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I have zero final thoughts. Thank you. I see. Great. My time. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> 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 you know that famous guy who was like on the community it was like a like a city council meeting and he started yelling at the city council people because of the police stuff and he was like I seed my time fuck you <laughs> <laughs> amazing I did not know that I thought you were just really mad at Daniel no, sorry and I just, I, I I'm gonna have to go back to the beginning of this episode like we have no nope, riffs right we're not falling apart right brand new podcast Black Lives Matter defund the police. I find it disgusting that the LAPD is slaughtering peaceful protesters on the street. I had two friends go to the protest in Beverly Hills a couple of days ago, and the protest was peaceful. So the police showed up with their excessive, violent force, shooting rubber bullets and throwing tear gas. Is this what you think of protecting and serving? Because I think it's bullshit. Fuck you, Michael Moore. I refuse to call you an officer or a chief because you don't deserve those titles. You are a disgrace. Suck my dick and choke on it. I yield my time. Fuck you. Thank you, Juan Well, please join us along with Quentin Travers next time. Oh, God. But until then, how can this Stacia. be good then? Sorry. <laughs> Stacia, say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel, say goodbye. Trying to be the best po- Buffy podcast is sort of like trying to hit a puppy by throwing a live bee at it, which is a weird <laughs> image, and you should all forget about it. Thank you so much for saying that because I've totally forgot to say it even though I wrote it down. There's too many things to talk about. There are too many. I'm glad it didn't come up. (laughs) We'll see you next time. And by see you, I mean talk at you. Goodbye. Let's sing about the triangle. Look at it and you will see. It's got three corners and three sides. So good and live and together. So together and triangle good and triangle alive we love triangles triangle is the shape of a pyramid ice cream cone and a sandwich a pizza slice and a lemon pie it's a shape i very much like triangle, it's possible he's in the land of perpetual wednesday or the crazy melty land or you know the, the world without shrimp there's a world without shrimp He's probably in trouble. Hello, I work here. I live here.